thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. And we are believing God for answers for your life. Every need met. And you know what? That's God's plan. Every need met. No prayer unanswered. Listen, as we learn how to pray, as we gain knowledge of the right way to pray, every prayer answered. But not only that, as we learn how faith works, how God thinks, how God moves, then no need unmet. Amen. Uh, One of the things that has been provided for us in Christ is a sound mind. A lot of times people don't realize that his redemption covered your mind. (laughs) It included your mind. Jesus not only paid the price for uh, our sin, for our sickness, but also that we be redeemed from a a tormented, troubled, depressed, harassed mind. Amen. So we're not accepting any other flow than a a sound mind. How many of you know a worried mind is not a sound mind? A a depressed mind is not the flow of the sound mind. Uh, A fear-filled mind is not the flow of a sound mind. And so that's not what God has authored for us. He's authored a sound mind, meaning all free from all of those other flows. Amen. We've been using as our golden text during this time, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And Paul was writing and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. And the Amplified describing a sound mind says it's a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind and it's a controlled mind. But listen, the discipline's on our part. The control is on our part. I mean, it's not up to God to do those things. We have to be active participants in maintaining and uh, working within the flow of a sound mind. Meaning it's up to us to guard. It's up to us to guard the soundness of our mind. We are custodians of our mind. We're the custodians of our body. Amen. And it's up to us to make sure that the wrong thing doesn't get in and the right thing has freedom to move. Amen. Uh, We've been looking at the past couple of episodes. We were talking about... um, that what a sound mind does, it is act, it acts like Jesus for one thing. How about that? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, we take God's words that are his thoughts and we make them our thoughts. That's right. Yes. And so how many of you know Jesus operated within a sound mind? Yes, yes. Amen. Yes. He was not in unsoundness. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we see that his sound, with that sound mind, mm-hmm. what he did and how he used it, 
And we won't take time to articulate all the things we've said previously, but in Mark eleven twenty three, remember how he spoke to the tree. Yes. Excuse me, that wasn't Mark eleven twenty three. That was Mark um, eleven, and starting in verse twelve, around in there, he mm-hmm. spoke to it. Then he explained it in Mark eleven twenty three. But in verse twelve, uh, he went up to a tree because he is hungry and he didn't have anything on the tree. Mm-hmm. So when there was nothing there, because listen, there were times Jesus needed something and came up to nothing. Right. And what he was looking for figs on the tree, there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. What did he do? He answered it. Jesus stood there and talked to a tree. And that's what a sound mind does. (laughs) A lot of people would not understand that that's what a sound mind does. But when you know what God says, you know that things are under the dominion of your words. Things are under the dominion of your words. So Jesus taught us in Mark 11 how to talk to things. And then he told us in Mark eleven twenty three, basically in a nutshell, things will obey you, talk to them. That's right. That's right. Things will obey you, yeah. talk to them. Then verse 24 of Mark 11 tells us how to get our desires met, what things soever you desire. Notice it didn't say whatsoever, whatsoever things God desires. Mm-hmm. Many times people think that God, is, God will just give us what he wants us to have and God wants to fulfill our desires. Yes. Isn't that something for people to get hold of? And so verse 24 is telling us how to get our desires met, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that we can have our desires met. It's based on us talking to God about that, releasing our faith and believing we receive it at the time we talk to God about it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, and I have been, I was making some statements in the previous episode that what you need from God is not, going, is not going to primarily be initiated by God. Yeah. It's going to be initiated by you. Yeah. And this is where a lot of people don't understand it. Many just sit back and wait for God to do something because they think everything is under God's control. But Jesus said, he said to us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, you can look at that passage with us. Matthew 16, verse 19 Uh, Jesus said, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Now he's going to tell us what these keys will work in the next phrase. Mm -hmm. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now notice this, whatsoever thou shalt bind, whatsoever you shall bind. Notice he didn't even bring God up. He didn't say what God will bind. He said what you will bind. What you bind then will be bound in heaven. What's that mean? Heaven will back up what you initiate. When you, what you initiate is in line with the word and in line with your authority, because see, keys represent authority, right? You know, if you had the keys to your home, that means you have authority to enter that home, right? You have the authority to use those keys and gain access. Keys mean you're in charge. And you can have other family members that don't even have a key. (laughs) But if you have the key, you're the big boy right there. (laughs) You're the one in charge. And that's what Jesus said, I give you the keys. Why? You don't have to wait for God to open something. Just use your keys. Amen. Amen. So we have the keys. And and with those keys, we can bind on earth 
things that we don't want to keep happening. Bind them. And he says, and heaven will back us up. It'll be bound in heaven. But notice, it didn't mention heaven until after earth did something. That it begins here on earth. It's backed up by heaven. It's worked by heaven, but it's initiated by us on earth. And then he finished out that verse and said, whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There again, it shows that an action begins on the earth. And I will dare to say this, if something on earth doesn't happen, heaven's got nothing to back up. If we don't, if we don't do something, heaven's got nothing to back up. Heaven is at our command. Amen. If we, that's what it's saying, that when you bind something, heaven will come to that. Heaven will meet that with its power. You're not the one with the power to do the work necessarily. God does the doing. But we have to initiate some things. And if we don't initiate some things in our life, we can sit back and wait our life away and not receive. How many people are waiting to be healed? Waiting for God to give them a new house. Waiting to start the business that God's put in their heart. They're just waiting and waiting and they wait their life away when they don't realize they have the keys. They're, they're authorized to go in to their answer anytime they will. Amen. And so this is one thing we have to understand. And this is what a sound mind, this is part of thinking like God. A sound mind is a a mind that thinks like God. It has his thoughts. So if God says, I have the keys, I have the keys. I'm going to use the keys. And it's not a keys based on my feeling. It's based on the words of authority handed to me. So it doesn't matter if you feel like you got authority or not. It doesn't matter if you feel like you got the keys or not. He said he gave them to us. Amen. Because we say, well, you know, everything of mine is God's. Yes, you know, the thing is he purchased us. We belong to him. And what an honor that we belong to him. But he gave us the keys. And just because we belong to him does not mean he's going to initiate everything. And in reality, he already initiated everything we need by giving us the keys. But it's initiating with what he gave us, his power to come on the scene. Amen. So if something in your life needs changing, use your keys. Use the name of Jesus. Answer that thing. Talk to it. Because that's what Mark eleven twenty three 23 tells us. Things will obey yes. you. Talk to them. Yes. If you're not going to talk to them, you're going to do without what you could have had all along. Oh, that's right. Amen. That's right. If symptoms try to attach themselves to your body, talk to them. Yes. Talk to them. Remember what Jesus, when he talked to that fig tree and said, no man eat fruit of thee forever. Yes. Uh, Then he just walked off after he said those words. Why? Because he left his words there to do the work. The words dealt with the root of that tree. And when they came back the next day, that tree was dead from the root up, not from the top down. Trees normally die from the top down, not the root up. And so his words went at that root. His words did the work. If you need something to change, put your words on them and let the word... Because your faith converts God's words into power. So when you speak his words in faith, then that brings the power. It activates the power in those words to do their work. Amen. Things will obey you. Talk to them. Not just obey your pastor. 
-hmm. Not just obey preachers, right. obey you yes. when you believe and know the right thing. Mm -hmm. You have a policeman, you know, and he's authorized by that city or that county. Um, he's authorized. Um, he will uh, get up in the morning. He'll put on his uniform. He'll put on his badge. But what if he doesn't feel good that day? His badge still works. <laughs> still works. Uh, he doesn't think, well, maybe my authority won't work for me today. I don't feel good. No, authority works because it you're authorized. Yes, yes. Amen. Yes. So it's not about do we feel like our words will work. Right. Amen. It's about what we believe. Yes. Use your authority. Yes. Use your authority. Yes, right. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's not about if he feels strong that day. Mm -hmm. Well, if I feel like God heard me. No, don't be walking by that feeling That's stuff. Right. Amen. Amen. Walk by what the word says. Right. Now go with me if you would to Matthew 8. Matthew 8 and verse 5. Matthew 8 and verse 5. And uh, we're going to read through verse 10. Matthew 8 and verse 5. And it reads, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Now, Jesus said, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. Who initiated this healing? Who initiated it? The centurion did. Jesus didn't say, Hmm. Heaven knows that there is a sick servant at the centurion's house. I think I'll go there today. Right. Now, don't you think heaven knew that his servant was sick? Yeah, heaven knew it. But notice heaven didn't initiate anything toward it. The man initiated. The centurion himself initiated the healing of his servant. And many times people will say, well, doesn't God know I'm sick? Yes. Just like he knew that centurion's servant was sick. Yeah. Right. Right. He knew he was sick. Right. But until the man had enough faith yeah. and he used his faith coming to Jesus yeah. and, and stated what was, what, he, what was believed, nothing moved in his direction. So don't just say, well, God knows I'm sick and if he wants me healed, he'll heal me. That's not what happened here. The man said something. Yeah. Amen. The man took action. Yeah. The centurion. Yes. There came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus responded to what the man initiated. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now notice this. What this situation is a life and death situation, yeah. Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it matters who you know in a life and death situation. Yeah. For that servant, he was very thankful yeah. that he, the man he worked for had faith. I tell you what, you'll be, your life will be blessed having fellowship with those that not have faith. They'll help you. They'll assist you. Amen. And this servant was raised up 
for one reason, not because God had power, but because his, his, his master had faith. Amen. Yes, God has power. I'm not diminishing that, but there's, there, God has power for every need, but not every need in this earth is getting, is getting addressed. Why? Because it's faith that invites that power. So really faith is simply this, an invitation to God. That's what faith is. You're inviting God's power to work in your behalf. Now, you got to believe his power is available to you. You got to believe his power will work in your behalf because without that believing, uh, God's got no open door. Amen. And so here Jesus said, I will come to your house. Now, now, think of it, if, if you were the servant that was sick at home and you could hear this conversation mm-hmm. that Jesus was having with the centurion. So if, if, if the servant that was sick at home could hear them and, the, and the, the centurion says, Jesus, you know, I've got this one sick at home and Jesus says, I'll come to heal him. Now, that would be a relief to the servant. Oh, Jesus is coming. Yeah. He's going to deal with this right now. Uh-huh. And then you hear the, the centurion say, oh, no, you don't need to come. You go, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, he does need to come. No, the centurion said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. What's he saying? He's saying he had such an honor. He had such a reverence and such a respect for this man of God, right? That that's what we see. That's what he means. He said, "Uh, I have such an honor and a reverence for you. And so he said, you don't need to come under my roof. But in the end of verse eight, he said, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Life and death situation. He better know what he's talking about because he just told the miracle worker, don't come. (laughs) Don't come to my house. Um, I ask you this, if you had a need like this, if you had a loved one, life and death situation, they're at your house and Jesus said, I will show up in the flesh and heal them. Would you have enough faith to say, you don't need to show up in the flesh? Amen. That's faith. He said, I don't need your body there. I don't need to see something. All I need is your words. Your words work things. That's a renewed mind, baby. That's sound mind thinking. (laughs) A renewed mind agrees with faith. It doesn't argue with faith. So I'm impressed by this centurion, right? He's, listen, he's not a Jew. He's not been raised, so to speak, in the Jewish synagogue as a Jew with a covenant, but yet he understood some things and he had a reverence for God. In another passage, in another gospel that tells this same story, now see in Matthew, Matthew tells it as a centurion himself coming. But in another gospel, uh, it said that he sent Jewish leaders in his behalf. What was it? He made friends with people who knew God. (laughs) And it said that he was a giver toward the the synagogues. He was a giver towards God's people. What what, what was a demonstration of his reverence? His reverence. He had a reverence for the things of God, although he was not a Jew. Yeah. And so in verse 8, the centurion answered and he said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Listen, he knew who he was dealing with. And he said, 
but speak the word only. Right. All you need in the face of a need is the word. Yes. Yes. The word Amen. is enough. Yes. What does God say? What does God say? You, this written word needs to be the same as the physical word of Jesus standing yes. in front of you talking to you. Amen. Just the same thing. Yes. Not any less a power, not any right. diminished. Yes. His words are him. Yes. He lives in his words. Yes. Yeah. And so um, this centurion said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Then he, under, then he explains what he knows about words. For I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. And I say to the man, go, and he goes. Mm -hmm. To another, come, and he comes. Mm -hmm. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Mm -hmm. So what do, what do we see that this centurion expressed? When I need something to come, I tell it to come, and it comes. Yeah. 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 When I tell something to go, it goes. When I say for something to be done, it's done. He understood that his, his authority was in his words. Yes. His help was in his words. Mm -hmm. And he said to Jesus, your power's in your words. Yeah. Your power's not just in, a, in the form of a, of, a, of a man showing up. It's in what you say. Because you know something? You could have Jesus show up and if he doesn't say anything. I remember years ago, um, I was in a service. We were having a prayer service. And uh, I, was, I sat down on the platform in a chair and I was just praying. And uh, in that service, Jesus came walking in, walked up the aisle and came and stood by me. I knew he was standing there. And he stood there and he stood there and he stood there. And I thought, well, why is he not saying anything? Yeah. You see, then it dawned on me, wait a minute. To receive from God, you got to respond to him. Yeah. Right. He won't do anything uninvited. And I love the way Dad Hagen used to say it to us. He said, God is a perfect gentleman. He will not force himself on anyone. Yeah. Well, we know that's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because every human needs to receive Jesus as Savior, but that's not forced on him. It's offered him. Yeah. And so when Jesus came and he stood by my chair, and I'm thinking, he's not saying anything. And then it dawned on me, wait a minute, I didn't respond to him. Yeah. I know he's here. Uh -huh. Not that I saw him. I knew it by word of knowledge. Uh -huh. I knew exactly where he was standing, where he walked, where he came up the aisle and where he stood there by me. And he stood there probably about three or four minutes before I even said anything to him. Why? Because he won't work uninvited. Amen. And so it dawned on me, wait a minute. He came here for a reason. I got to get that reason. And I said, Jesus, I recognize that you're here. What do you have to say to me? And then he gave me the message that he'd come to deliver. What I'm trying to show you in that just because he was present didn't mean he was saying anything. And until he says something, I don't benefit. You see, I needed to know what, did he, what message did he come to say. You see, if I wouldn't have responded to him, he'd have walked right out without even saying. It's not about Jesus showing up. It's about you have faith enough to receive what he has. And this is what the centurion, it's not about you showing up. I have faith enough in your words. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so this centurion, he showed us something that our faith will do. When you need things to come, tell it to come. When you need things to go, tell them to go. When you need something to be done, speak for it to be done. Faith will accomplish those things. 
And in verse 10, look at this. After Jesus heard this centurion say this, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to them that followed. Now, let me ask you this. Who's following? Jews. The disciples are there. The Jews are there. And he turns to them. And he says, I've not found so great faith, not in Israel, not among you Jews. (laughs) Right? You can follow him and still not demonstrate faith. They were present right where Jesus was at. And they, he said, this one has got more faith than all of you because he knows words are enough. He knows words are enough. Not just any words, but God-filled words. Amen. Amen. Words are enough. And you need to learn that, that words are enough. You're authorized to say for things to go. You're authorized for call for things to come. Uh, Speak to those symptoms to go. Amen. Amen. Call the finances you need to come. Something that needs to be finished. Tell it to be done. Remember what that centurion say? I say to some soldiers, do this and Uh they do it. There are some things that need to be finished in our life. If they don't, they'll go unfinished. Waiting for our command. Waiting for our words of faith. Amen. Amen. Well, um, your words will work exactly the same thing. They'll work the same thing. Don't wait for Jesus to come and show up before you believe something can be done. Amen. Amen. Your authority will tell things to go, tell things to come, tell things to be done. And if we're sitting back waiting for God, we can wait and wait and wait until with our authority we initiate with God what we believe. And when we initiate something that's in line with the word, heaven will back us up. God's the one that works it, but we're the ones that can initiate it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are, it is a highlight for us at this ministry to be able to bring you this word. And the reason we can do it is because Kenneth Copeland Ministries has invited us to teach you on Victory Channel. And I tell you what, it's the honor of our life to get to do this. And we are so thrilled to share these truths with you. Um, But if it weren't for Kenneth Copeland Ministries, we couldn't be here. And Kenneth Copeland Ministries, they pay for all the airtime of every broadcast that you see on this channel. It's an amazing seed that they sow. And we, we so value that seed. And I would ask you that if you're not yet, and if you haven't prayed about it yet, I ask you to pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I mean, the, the far-reaching effects of this ministry is just, it's even, even hard to really wrap your head around all that they accomplish in this ministry, all the seeds that they've sown. So if you have not yet, pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. You can go to kcm.org and you can sign up for partnership and that helps us programs like this to keep coming your way. Amen. And then we've been teaching out of our book, Answer It. We want you to get your copy of it. Go to deframeministries.org and let us know you want that copy and know this until we see you next time. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.